Recording live from the Northeast Georgia Business Radio X studio. This is Northeast Georgia Business Radio. Welcome back. Welcome back, folks, to another exciting edition of Northeast Georgia Business Radio. I'm your host, Tom Sheldon. And yeah, we're coming to you live from the beautiful Empower College and Career Center of Jackson County. I have with me a, a great guest, as usual. A guy I've gotten to know over the last several months. A very busy man. We finally got him in here. I wore him down. But no, seriously, with me today, I guess the owner of Asset Protection Professionals, Mr. David Foster. David, welcome to the Northeast Studio. Tom, thanks for having me, man. How are you, brother? Doing great. Doing great. Enjoying this beautiful day. Finally it stopped is. raining, and uh, we are ready to rip. Let's go. How was 2023 for you, man? We're not supposed to date a podcast, but hey, we're at the end of the year. Hey, end of the year. I mean, 2023 was actually like personally my best year ever. I mean, we had our daughter yeah. um, there at the end of 2022, watching her grow up, growing a a business in and of itself, you know, been in the industry eight years, asset protection professionals. We, we started out here in March, actually, trying to keep up and keep on growing, growing a team and uh, going from there. A new family, a new business. 2023 was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations on the baby, by the way. Thank you so much. She's, she's what you, I bet you keep feeding her. So she's probably considerably bigger now, she a year is, later. She has grown a, a good bit. If you keep, you know, you keep feeding them. And they just keep growing and eating more. I'm just, I'm, I'm warning you. I'm older than you. I can, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, life just only gets more expensive, right? So yeah, there pretty, we go. Yeah, pretty much. Asset protection professionals. You've been doing this about a year on your own, more or less. Mm-hmm. But you've been in this industry almost a decade. You just said that. What struck you? Hey, I'm going to go out on my own. I have a feeling you worked for someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. Boy, why did you take that plunge, man? Just something you had to do. Yeah, for me, it was... Kind of reached a point. So we, had, um, my wife and I, we had just gotten married about six months into that. I kind of realized at the time I was coaching CrossFit. I'm in Olympic weightlifting full time. I was running a gym over in Flowery Branch and then doing some marketing and some programming and things like that for some other gyms and um, personal training and things like that too. But I kind of realized I had maxed out what I could make for that industry at the time. Gotcha. Right. And so at the time it was kind of pre make your own app make your own way, things like that. So I realized I wanted to still coach being in a 95 degree gym during the summer. Oh yeah. For, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. Plus also in the winter, it's 30 degrees, you know, those things were kind of being only 25 at the time you're sitting there, you're like, okay, might need to figure out a new career path and take mm-hmm. a, take a plunge. And I had a friend that was actually trying to get me in this industry for about three years or so. He said to me, so many times he's like, David, he's like, you'd be so great at this. You're a people person. You, you get after it. And if you just take the same, same charisma, same everything that you're doing in the gym and just put it into this industry, there's no option, but you're going to succeed. Finally, I just called him up one day after I made the decision that, you know, I wanted to transition out of the fitness industry. I called him. I said, Hey man, let's do this thing. He was like, what are you talking about? How do I get started? Well, sign me up coach. Exactly. Exactly. And so from that moment on, you know, I just started out putting together simple strategies for people, helping them protect their families, being able to help them save some money, things like that. And then I started learning more and more complex strategies as we went on. Uh, I got to jump back. You mentioned something. You said something, Olympic weightlifting. Now, you were coaching that or you were competing or both, I guess? Yes, I was doing both. That's Um, awesome, man. Not everyone just, hey, yeah, I competed Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. Let's not gloss over that, man. That's cool. I got into Olympic weightlifting back in late 2006, I would say. 
I had a coach come to Flyer Branch and at the time, one of the leading and still is one of the leading experts in Olympic weightlifting. And he brought that whole style to our school, obviously. Right. And that's kind of what made Flyer Branch High School back in the early 2000s to mid 2000s and late 2000s explode on the sports spectrum, in my opinion, the training that we did. And so I kind of bought into from a very early age not just the competing side of it, but the coaching side of it. Right. Even at 16, 17 years old, I was helping train middle schoolers, you know, 30, 40, 50 middle schoolers at a time, coming oh, in wow. after school programs, learning how to do those things at a young age. And then that kind of transition to CrossFit was coming on the scene during that. Mm-hmm. And one of his good friends, also coached Olympic weightlifting, was the CrossFit Olympic weightlifting coach. We got into that realm getting introduced to business owners and things like that. And that kind of created the pathway to our trajectory to actually get to a job right out of high school, you know? So sounds awesome. Yep. So as I was in college working, what you would say, full-time coaching more or less, right? Right. Um, at the same time going to school. I got to imagine at such a young age, learning how to coach, learning how more or less to quote unquote control a room. You got middle school kids. Those are like early teens. They can be difficult. So getting them where you want to get them, that I imagine you had to develop some skill to do that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't pretend like I'm. I was like the head person of it at no, all. No, but you were right? learning the whole but time. I, I was learning how to do that. A lot of times, what would happen is, is I would take the sixth and seventh graders, and the more advanced seventh graders and eighth graders would move on. Sure, know, and, and sure. work with him specifically. Oh, well, they're and about so, to go to high school too. Yeah, yeah. And, but what you learn is, is everyone wants to succeed of in life, right? Of if you can actually show someone how to succeed and move. So in Olympic weightlifting, let's kind of backtrack a little bit. So in Olympic weightlifting, it's a very technical sport, okay? You don't mm-hmm. just, in powerlifting, there are techniques to it. Sure. But for the most part, you can get 95% there with no technique at all, right. okay? And just pure power, mm-hmm. right? So what I mean by powerlifting, you have your bench, squat, and deadlift primarily, right. right? In Olympic weightlifting, you have the clean and jerk and the snatch. And so... It's not necessarily the concept of moving the bar. It's how to move your body properly around the bar. Right. That's where you can teach someone that might not have been the strongest athlete their whole life, right? Or the most, the fastest, being able to shoot all the, all the hoops, being able to actually run the fastest 40 or being able to jump the farthest or anything like that, right? You're able to teach someone that couldn't do those things. If they could really focus on the technique, they could be very successful in mm-hmm. the sport. I got you. I'm with you on that. And so for me, that's what intrigued me with being able to understand what was going on with technicalities of the body and how it actually moves and how to get proper power outputs. And even in a young athlete, all the way up to, you know, people in college or even whenever I was coaching CrossFit, coach people that were in their 80s, teaching them how to do the same movement that you're teaching someone in sixth grade to do, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, there's a big difference in age and possibly a big difference in the ability to have power output. The body can still move the same. Yeah. And you can actually have a lot of growth. Well, the, the goal is to do it safely, regardless of your size, your age. No, the clean and jerk, I have seen people, relatively small stature, put up some amazing weight. Mm-hmm. Just crazy. But their technique is flawless. Yeah. I've seen 100%. it many times. The reason I brought that up, I got to believe that helped you at a relatively young age to be able to talk to people, to learn how to talk to people. And that is helping you just kill it now. I yeah. got to believe that. Repetition is the mother of all skills. True. Right? 
if you can get 10,000 reps at something, you can become an expert at it. That's, well, what, the, that's what they say. If you're yeah. doing so without actually knowing that you're getting the repetitions at it, and then all of a sudden you get to a point in life where you actually needed those repetitions, all of a sudden it did definitely help me being able to communicate clearly, being able to actually teach someone a very complex thing very simply really helped out. Makes sense to me. No, I'm with you on that. Before we jump into asset protection, and we're going we're gonna to get there, I promise, David. We want to know about you, man. You are head of president. I don't know exactly your title. Forgive me for that. Something going on in West Jackson. Yeah, so I'm the president of West Jackson Business Alliance. Formerly known as? Houston uh, Area Business Alliance. Right, right. right? And Which so, has been around for a decade or yeah, so. Long yeah. time. It's been around for a very long time. We made the decision this year to rebrand it into West Jackson Business Alliance. We really strive in those meetings to provide value that you're not getting anywhere else. You might get a specific type of value at the lunch and learns and different things that the chamber's hosting or different other events that are going on around Jackson County. But what we try to do is, is really give you some good nuts and bolts that will help you excel in your business through those events. Been doing that for about two and a half years or so. Really enjoying it. Uh, we're growing, hosting events every single month. We're doing now the after hours events as well. Awesome. We're excited about those. Moving into 2024, really looking to uh, grow it. Yeah, man. Is there a website for that? West Jacks, J-A-X, biz, B-I-Z, dot com. West spelled out, W-E-S-T. W-E-S-T. Jacks. 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 Biz with a Z. Biz with a Z. Nice. That's dot com, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, that is being worked into my schedule. I promise. I promise that is being worked more and more in my schedule. When do you normally meet? Fourth Tuesday of the month? Yeah, so we normally meet the fourth Tuesday of the month in the morning time at 8.30 a.m. Right. Right. Which is so a good we, time. And we meet at the depot by Four Brothers, downtown Houston. After hours, what, about every quarter or so? After hours, we're actually going to start meeting every other month. The second week. In the middle of the month. Yep, yeah, yeah, so it'll be in the oh, middle I of the you. month. Yeah, so nice. It'll be second week of the month. We really try to make these events where they're not conflicting with a lot of what else is going on. Because, you know, I've been on many different things through the chamber and things like that. And one of our main goals was not to conflict with anything, right? To only build and only right. uplift different things, right? And so that's why we're very specific with what we're trying to do. And You bring up other chambers, other organizations. You got to partner with those folks, right? Especially trying to make everything run smooth. Luckily, David, for us here at Northeast Georgia Business Radio, we have some great community partners. One of our great community partners is True Vista Communications. True Vista provides a full spectrum of services. All your communication and entertainment needs, including internet, video, voice including wireless, and security and home automation. Their dedicated professionals are always on hand to help you with setup, installation, and ongoing customer service to ensure your family has everything they need to succeed. With True Vista Internet, you can enjoy reliable high speeds and premium Wi-Fi with 100% whole home coverage. With better performance and better reliability, True Vista Internet helps you stay in touch with your loved ones. Visit TrueVista.net today for area availability. And while you're at it, visit our new website, negabrx.com, to see all our great community partners. David, you still there, brother? Yeah, man, still here. Got to pay those bills, man. I hear you. Oh, big shout out to True Vista. I believe they are the fastest growing communications company in Jackson County. I believe they they have that honor. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and they put fiber in the ground. From yeah. this area, that's somewhat novel. Yeah, I mean, fiber is the new way. Bless them for that. No, good guys over there at True Vista and gals at True Vista. Man, what were we talking about? We talked about 
how you got to this point. We talked a little bit about uh, West Jackson, mm-hmm. West Jackson Business Alliance, right? Yeah. It's yeah, Alliance. Yeah. I'm okay. West Jackson Business Alliance. So, like I said, I've been in this industry for eight years or so. So, yeah. I would say probably around 2017, okay. late 2017, maybe. I realized that everything from business wise from Gwinnett was actually moving north. Oh, yes. Right? What I really wanted to focus on was the 53 corridor going through Brazelton, Houston. I did every single event that I possibly could in that area because at one point between Gwinnett County Chamber of Commerce, North Georgia Business Connection, Jackson County Chamber of Commerce, Hall County Chamber of Commerce, I was going to roughly, and even some events on the other side of Atlanta, I was going to roughly seven to eight events a week. The reason I did that, going back to repetition as mother of all skills, right, mm-hmm. is one, you don't ever know who you're going to run into. That's right. Right. And I, I think whenever you're trying to build your business in general, it all depends on what type of business you have to be able to focus your, your marketing efforts and different things. And so I really wanted to focus on building a referral-based network of, and that's how I've grown my entire business. A lot of word that's of mouth, awesome. a lot of B2B, a lot of stuff mm-hmm. like that where purely organic as opposed to it being more or less paid. I'm with you. Yeah. and oh, I'm all for the organic, yeah. believe me. Well, you know, in this in my industry in general, a lot of times the paid advertisements, it's rehashed material. It's been done. Right? And it's been done. And yeah. what a lot of times they don't account for, what is actually happening in today's world, right? So what are the bills that are on the floor today that are going to affect my retirement 30 years from now? Exactly. Not what's happened the past 20 years, that's going to help me out today. And that's, yeah. those are the things, that's yeah. the, kind of the difference if you looked at it with what I focus on versus what a lot of people focus on. But now asset protection professionals, it's not just David Foster. You may be the, the head guy, but you've got a team of people that you work with, hence yeah. the professionals. Now you focus mainly on the financial world, mm-hmm. right? You've got people helping you out with yeah, yeah, many services. Yeah, so I've, I've formed relationships with a lot of what I like to call power partners. These are people that they might own their own business, right, and mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. that. But whenever I have a client come in, I'm able to solve pretty much every situation that that client has, right? Right, and so you know, different things happen. Life happens. We were talking about that a little bit before oh, we started yeah. this. My does you know, if we can bring everything to the meeting table and just very clearly just say, hey, listen, like. Life doesn't exist in a vacuum. Life doesn't just get better. We also have to make one baby step forward, one, one small step. If we can just begin with a step and get what we call gumption, right, the ability to move forward, then we can all of a sudden start making changes. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you actually have created a strategy that will get you, your family, and your businesses across the finish line. Which I got to imagine leans back on the fact that you just know how to talk to people having a lot of different conversations with a lot of different peoples and a lot of different cultures. It's not uncommon I'll sit down with someone that's making a good relative household income, sure. right? But they really are usually only saving 3 to 5% of their total income. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, what if I just started saving $1,500 more a month? Sure. That's a big step, man. A lot of times today, especially with the way mortgages are and things like that, $1,500 doesn't sound like a lot. If I got a person trying to buy a $350,000 house today, it's going to be paying $2,200, $2,500 a month mm-hmm. just for their mortgage, not the insurance, nothing else, not the utilities. So if someone isn't making those type of financial decisions, you have to tie in the emotional side of money to the conversation. Yeah, And so oftentimes I will draw that back 
So that way we can actually have success down the road. It might take four, five, six years for someone to actually get to where they need to be. Right. But then once they're there, all of a sudden now we can actually do what we've been talking about for four, five, six years. Sometimes it just takes time, but you got to have that time. If you don't have that time, you're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, you we know, you can't get the, the time back. I run into that as well. You know, whenever you sit down with someone, it really just depends what their situation is. You know, oh, of course, you know, They're everybody different. Everyone's, every, different. everyone's different. Yeah. Late fifties on, and you haven't saved enough money. We're kind of hitting a point where, like, what are we actually going to be able to do, and what are we going to live off? Of? Right. And that's something that you run into Social Security. What is your Social Security risk score? What What does that actually look like? Have you set up estate planning? Have you set up different things that are going to allow your through that estate plan, like you know, revocable living trust, things like that, being able to actually pass on your assets properly? What's going to get you there? You brought up Social Security. I'm not getting any younger. I'm nowhere near Social Security. You're younger than me. Is there going to be Social Security? And boy, that's an open-ended question. I think in general, if you pay attention, I think it was maybe even like three or four months ago, they put onto the floor, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, it probably will not happen this year or next year, I mean, but they, they're looking at a 23% reduction mm-hmm. across the board of Social Security income. So people get confused whenever you hear, whenever you talk about retirement income versus retirement assets. Right. Right, because the only job of your money during accumulation, the years you're working, is just to grow. Mm-hmm. The jobs and your money in retirement, they increase. Right. right. So right. you still want your money to grow. It has to produce an income. It has to have liquidity. And then legacy becomes a conversation. Whenever you look at what the government's trying to do, they're trying to make that pot of money that is already too low. They mm-hmm. know it's going to run out, right, 2033 or so. It's going to run out if they don't borrow from it again. Those are other things. What you kind of saw through the pandemic relief effort, whenever people were getting their stimulus checks and different things oh, like that. Oh, there was that. money flying everywhere. Money flying everywhere. Free money. Yeah. But how Free did money. They, how did they decide that, right? They decided it based off of whatever income level you earned. Mm-hmm. What that means is if you earned too much money, you didn't get a stimulus check. Just because you earned too much money didn't mean that you didn't need the stimulus oh, I, check. Oh, I, yeah. Right? It's not what you make, it's what you spend. Yep. That upper middle yeah. class was brought down because of that, right? And so what you saw is... You're going to see the same type of things happen whenever we're talking about this 23% reduction, right? The less money you've earned, the more Social Security you're going to get. They're going to try and bring that median closer and closer and closer. So then, therefore, a person that made hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year is going to get a bigger reduction than the person that made you know $100,000 a year household. $100,000 a year, Tom, is not exactly what people – what it used to be. Oh, gosh, right? no. So if you think about it, like that's two teachers starting out. If we're really looking at that and we're really looking at and examining what's happening around Social Security, so let's say you started out working at 24 years old. Is it going to be there whenever you're 65, 70, right? Those things are big question marks with this idea of like, is it going to look the same? I think it is going to be there. I think it's just not going to look the same. I guarantee you it won't look the same. You work with business owners, not just individuals setting up their retirement years or after, say, after 60 years. You work with business owners as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Putting plans together for them. Yeah. I work with a lot of small business owners. Backbone of America, and baby. Backbone of America, right? And so, but a lot of times what you run into with small business owners is that they don't take the time during their working years to actually save for retirement. Because, they, well, I'm sorry. I no, cut you up. They put everything back into the business. Yeah. Everything goes Sometimes back. Sometimes they have to, though. 
Yeah, everything goes back into the business. Everything goes back. And then, I mean, obviously you have to live, but there's all different styles of that and what they've gotten away with, what they haven't gotten away with, or what they're having to make up for, you mm-hmm. know, different things. And then a lot of times you run into small business owners that think they're going to be able to sell their business mm-hmm. whenever they don't actually have a business that's very sellable. Right. And so right. what I do is, is come in and implement strategies to be able to start peeling money out during their working years, being able to show them how to actually retire with an actual retirement asset. And possibly they can sell their business whenever it becomes time. Mm-hmm. or leave it to an heir, right? And create an exit strategy so that way, whenever they do go to sell it, they're not trying to fire sell it. They don't right. have to sell right. it to be able to retire. I'm with and you. so that's right. the difference, right? Maybe they could bring in someone to actually run the business for them and they go down to 10% of the work capacity that they're doing now, mm-hmm. right? Still retain ownership and then that person can buy it out. There's all sorts of different things that you can do in today's market that you couldn't do before. Why do you think that is? I think they have to. All right. So similar to, let's say you have someone that has a fabrication business or a CNC company or something like that, right? Small business they're doing, let's say they're doing $5 million a year revenue. You do have large corporations that possibly would come buy them, Mm -hmm. right? But they don't really need the equipment. Right. They just want the contracts. Right. And so what you still run into is is you, you still have to get rid of the equipment. You still have to do the different things. That person hasn't saved, for the most part, what they needed to have saved to be able to live in retirement for 30 years. You want the sell of your business, if it's not a recurring revenue type business, you want that to be the whipped cream and cherry. You don't sure. want that to be the nuts and bolts of what you're actually trying to do. Right. Not that we're trying to say we want to eat nuts and bolts, but whipped cream and cherry tastes hey, good. Hey, if you're hungry enough. when you're looking at it figuring out how to actually set up efficient strategies business owners whenever i go meet with them their biggest concern is taxes always Mm. i'm not a tax professional but i tell them like listen it might not be the best move to save every single year as much as possible in taxes you might need to just take more so that way you can actually retire those are the conversations i start having with their cpas and different things and start getting into and enrolled agents and stuff like that You have four main wealth eroding factors in every single person's financial world. It doesn't matter if you are a multi-million dollar a year business or if you make $30,000 a year. Those are things like taxes, fees, inflation, market volatility. Taxes, it doesn't matter if we pay Uncle Sam today or if we pay him 30 years from now, he's going to get paid. He's going to get his. Yeah. Fees might seem nominal, but a lot of times people don't realize the fees that are on the back end of the products that they're getting into. Oh, yeah. So understanding what's on the back end is something that most people don't actually know. And whenever we sit down and look at at, at their actual products, a lot of people don't realize that they actually have a lot higher than the average one, one and a half percent fee that they think that they have. There's a backload on it. Taxes, fees, inflation. Inflation's running rampant. All the stuff's going on. Mm -hmm. I think it's not actually as... It's not as rampant as it's chalked up to be. It's just life. A gallon of gas doesn't cost what it cost whenever we were 10 years old. And it's not going to cost the same as it does right now when we're 80. The last thing here, market volatility, right? The ups and downs in the market. What does that actually mean, right? And so people Mm -hmm. see, like, there's a big difference between AVG and ACT, right? And so by AVG, average rate of return, if you took $100, you put it into Home Depot stock or some random stock, right? This isn't advice. It's just an example. Mm-hmm. But let's just say you put it in there. It increased in year one 100%. At the end of year one, you have 200 bucks, right? Right. So at the end of year two, or going into year two, you just leave it in there because you're like, well, it went up 100%. Yeah. Why wouldn't I just leave why, it in there? Why would you take it out? Well, let's just say it went down negative 50%. Right. Right. Well, you're back at $100. Back at, yeah. If right. you lost a year of time. And you lost a year of time. 
the average of that, they would take the positive 50% and divide oh, yeah. it by two. Mm-hmm. So the average rate of return is 25% in that mm-hmm. example, right? But the actual rate of return is zero right? because $100 equals $100. So understanding that when you're looking at these accounts, the big thing to talk about in today's market, especially because of how things have been going even the past four or five years is like how much money you can make and blah, blah, blah. Like what you can actually take advantage of in today's world. It's understanding that that is a 30-year time frame. Yeah. Right? It, it's, mm-hmm. it's an average over the 30 years. Mm-hmm. If you look at your actual over two or over three. Not like, near as impressive. Not near as impressive, but, like, it is important to leave it, right? Because you have to have the time, as we mentioned at the beginning time, of the podcast. Time is your key. You know, wealth eroding factors are something that is often overlooked. They're facts of life. Those jobs I mentioned, the wealth eroding factors, the risks in retirement, it doesn't matter if you, like I said— on multi-million dollar year businesses, or if you make you know, 30, 40, $50,000 a year, those things are facts. They're not speculation. So if we understand the facts, we can actually pull apart what's going on in the nuts and bolts of your financial world and actually start making some relatively good money moves. Real quick, who is or what is a good client, a good referral for you? A small business owner? Yeah, I would say... Someone you know, approaching age, question mark? I don't really worry too much about the age. Really? And the main reason is because I haven't met a single small business owner that hasn't said they're going to work till they die. They're always going to be doing something. No, right? I agree with that. Now I've, You never I've, really retire. Yeah. And now they sit back and they say, well, I'm, I'm done. You know, at the end of every single day. Oh, yeah. But there's another saying I always have is if you're not, if, if you're in any industry that's worth anything and you're not wanting to quit three times a week, you're probably doing something wrong. That's probably true. Right. And so as a small business owner, understanding that emotion, if we can build a strategy where you have given yourself permission to work less, then you've created an efficient strategy for you. I like and that. so I would say a lot of business owners that are doing Three to five million. I have some, I mean, obviously, I mean, I have some that are doing 50,000 and they're some of my biggest clients. It's just like, what are you, it's more of like, are you wanting to make an efficient change to your life to make life easier for you? Not just today, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Years down the road. We got a website. I know we got a website. Yeah. Assetprotectionprofessionals.com. Assetprotectionprofessionals.com. One big line of words. Yep, exactly. I'm with you, man. You're also on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Facebook, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm on Asset Protection Professionals. So. What's the uh, what's the best way for the folks to get a hold of you, though? Seriously. Email me at dfoster at assetprotectionprofessionals.com. Gotcha. Or give me a call. 678-622-7649 is my personal cell phone number. Oh, if you wow. have a question, He's giving out the personal like folks. Give me a call. If I do not pick up, I will call you back same day. Nice. You will sit down or have a conversation with the folks, more or less gratis, get a feel for what they're doing or what they want to do? My process is more or less one of the less salesy processes you'll ever meet in your entire life. So my average time frame, I've been working with one guy for, I think, seven and a half months this year, and we haven't even really made money moves yet. Really? It's really just getting him to like get a lot of different things. I mean, I think I've referred him to three of my power partners already that I haven't made a single dollar on. But the thing that? is, is actually getting his world set up so that way we can actually do what we're talking about. And then you can step in. Right. Yeah, exactly. I hear you, man. At the end, it makes so, life a little easier for both of you. Yeah. Yeah. The average, and a lot of, that scares a lot of people off whenever I say that. I will also say the average meeting process can take three to four meetings. And we can get the general groundwork of what you want done, done. Cool. 
and then that's just a relationship that moves forward. So you don't hard sell them that first time. No. If you don't sign up with me, you will die. <laughs> Who wants no, that? I, I actually walk away from a lot of business, I would say, um, just because I just tell them it's, it's the wrong time. It's the wrong time. Not a good fit. You know. You see people, not dollars. Yeah. And, and that's, that's rare. Like, What's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, <laughs> I, and, I, and I'm not saying, you know, I have a lot of friends in this industry as well. Oh, yeah. But I just think if you can really focus on what the issue is and not what can I make from this in any industry, you're actually going to make your business excel and then therefore, you know, continue to grow. Well said, sir. David, thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, for sure. You're awesome. Track finally, finally pinned you down, brother. <laughs> Busy man he is. Yeah. They're going to play my music any second, so I'm just sort, sort of kind of vamping. Everyone knows how it goes here. David, thanks again, man. Thank you so much. Hey, folks, asset protection professionals, asset prof- assetprotectionprofessionals.com, if I can say it right. David Foster, really good guy. Check him out. Talk to you soon.